0: Everybody, Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here, Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt. Today's guest, the new director of recruitment for the RSL Academy, really for the whole RSL Pyramid. John Spencer and Ryan. This was such a fun, fun conversation. John's a guy who's been around the club uh, for a few months. I spent some time with him during the playoff run. Uh, got to know him a little bit. On you know, we were doing planes, trains, and automobiles in Kansas City and Seattle and Portland and. Um, just a massive, I think, asset that the organization even has this position now. Um, but specifically, that it's John Spencer, a guy that has so much connectivity uh, in Southern California and other hotbeds of youth soccer in this country. Uh, he has experience as a player, as a coach, as an agent. He spent significant time uh, in Europe getting American players over to Europe through either MLS, USL channels or otherwise so anyway i know uh you're a you're an orange county southern california guy so you you and uh john have some some friends in common as well
1: yeah i was thinking like i i didn't know john was when he came in here but then i realized oh the soccer world's small enough that uh, we know so many people it's like if yeah if you played if you played soccer in orange county in the 90s chances are you know everybody you know john spencer you know somebody he knows you know somebody who coached something like that and i think that that's kind of cool i think that that what we what we get in with this interview is, is just that how tied together someone like you know, who we're talking, we're talking about the Academy Scouting Director, but like how tied he is into like US Men's national team. Yep. Um just players that have played in Europe, players that play that have played all over the world, um, MLS players, like he's got names, he's got resume. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Just even just something like that. Just so a person that's coming in, you know, that most of us probably no one would have had a like a fan wouldn't know this guy's name but Mm -hmm. now that we know him and now you get to get to know him in this episode wow we're connected to so many more things just because of a random hiring in the (laughs) academy part of the the club and it's uh, that just speaks to like what the the strength of you know the you know the, the club is from top to bottom and there's just so many different like pieces that will fit together and will produce some, I mean, I, I have no doubt that these things like that John is doing here right now is, are going to result in goals being scored at Rio Tinto stadium. I know that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, it's fun. Cause I, you know, I've been back probably a hundred days myself now at RSL since October six or whatever, but it's just fascinating. Every day I walk around Harriman, I'm learning more and more about how massive our club is now at every level. Like, Obviously, we're excited about Jordan Allen coming back. We're excited about Arnold Reisenberg's pedigree. And, and now John Spencer, as you mentioned, has all this connectivity and how he navigates kind of a youth soccer world where, you know, certainly every 12 or 13 or 14-year-old wants to be pro, right? And they, they can come into this facility and they can see games at Rio Tinto or games here at Zions Bank, um, uh, Real Academy. Uh, the training center, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they want to play here. They want to wear this badge. They want to, but what does it all mean? And how do you convince, you know a family from El Paso or San Diego or St. George or wherever to let your fourteen, fifteen year old kid come, move to Harriman, live in a dorm, and kind of be immersed in soccer, but still have educational and other social obligations so that they can continue? developing as a human being and and John's attitude his positivity is infectious and like you said he's been he's been around the block so many times in so many different ways from different angles that it's only going to benefit RSL and you know I know we talk about the first team as we should because it is the most front-facing aspect of our club but when you look at the homegrown signings of you know the five teenagers last week with Jude Wellings and Haciel Rosco and and uh Julio Benitez and Axel K and I'm missing somebody off the top of my head right now Gavin Beaver is the goalkeeper. Um yeah, maybe these kids don't play uh for RSL this year. Maybe they do. You just never know. As we saw I mean a year ago at this time who knew who Ricardo Pepe was, right? And now he just went over to Augsburg, a David Blitzer own uh cousin sister club of RSL um you know for 20 million. So um Time is is quick for some players and it's a more circuitous uh roller coaster ride for others. But uh I'm just psyched that you know we we are able to have this time with John and introduce you uh to him as uh obviously the bleeding Claret and cobalt listeners are the first to know anything and everything about Ray Salt Lake. So here he is, John Spencer, new RSL Academy Director of Recruitment brought to you by OneWire. Hey, guys. uh, Ryan and I love bringing you this content uh, multiple times per week or per month, and we couldn't do it without Adam Sessions at OneWire, and... We really want you to experience the level of customer service that Adam and all of his colleagues at OneWire provide their clients, their uh, business partners, their constituents. So. Um, if you're not a business owner, tell your boss to uh, uh, upgrade their voice and their business communications by going over to OneWire.co and check out all the services uh, that OneWire has to offer. Adam's big soccer fan. We've converted the whole office into uh, supporters of RSL, and um, we just ask that you, if you have any opportunity whatsoever uh, in your business, your family's business, um or your you know in your circle of, of influence to uh refer one wire because uh, there is no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to handle all of your uh voice communications and uh, other business uh tech needs. So go over again to the number one W I R E dot C O and you can see the uh depth and breadth of options available. So that's it for our proud partner, OneWire. All right. I've been uh, waiting to do this particular interview for a while um, right here on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale, today's guest, John Spencer. You may have just seen in the last day or two a press release announcing John Spencer as the new director of talent identification Not just for the RSL Academy, primarily for the Academy, but for the entire pyramid. And, you know, John has been in the building for the last several months. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time hanging out with John on the road during our uh, playoff run late last year. And uh, just, I couldn't be more excited uh, to welcome John to the club, to the family, and introduce you, John, uh, to the RSL fan base. So, welcome. And I guess, first and foremost, (laughs) Why Real Salt Lake? Why you know, You've know you had a great soccer career. We'll get into this. But uh, why did you choose to come be a part of this club at this time?
2: Well, first off, thank you, Trey, for having me today. I'm excited to be here and be able to speak and talk with you about um, Real Salt Lake. I'm excited about our Real Salt Lake fan base and everyone who's following us. I'm excited about 2022 and what the future holds. Yep. The reason why I chose Real Salt Lake is very simple. We have an awesome club. From the infrastructure to the culture to the people that are around the club to our fan base to the city to this entire state of Utah. We have something special here that I'm excited to be about and be a part of.
0: Yeah. And and look, I've I've gotten to know you a little bit. I'm looking forward to getting to know you more here in twenty twenty two. Um, what is it about um I, I could go so many directions. I I guess how did th- this position at this club at this time here in in the last six months, kind of get on your radar. I know you and Kurt Schmidt go way back. Um, obviously, the academy, the infrastructure. We've heard our new owners talk about how this Harriman facility is a top ten world class setup in terms of fields and and uh, the school and the dorm and all the you know the medical infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, I guess kind of walk us through how the opportunity
2: got on your radar, and, and your decision-making process come be a part of it. Yeah, so I, I started scouting back in 2008. I moved back from Germany after five years over there and just seeing the culture and environment there and the just being immersed in soccer 24-7. Yeah. I came back, started scouting, and fortunately, I've been able to scout a few very good players along the way, and I learned a lot, and I've observed Real Salt Lake Academy since its days down in Arizona, and then now since it's moved up here to Harriman and just observe the talent that's come through. So when you look at all of our 32 homegrown signings over the last 18 years, but in more recent years, you see um, a lot of talents come through this system. Um, Real Salt Lake here, this Harriman facility, we have the ability to develop world-class players, and I'm hoping that we will be able to provide that pathway for them in the next 5, 10, 20 years, we're going to be leading that um, in U.S. soccer, and hopefully we can continue to see the success that we've already produced prior to me coming here. I hope to be part of that process moving forward. We care about the development of players here, and we have put a big um, emphasis on bringing them through this pathway, and it's a system. We have awesome coaches here, people who really care about the player. They want to develop them. And now I'm part of an organization where I know that the infrastructure is here and, and in place for us to continue to move forward with that. And I'm hoping you're going to be seeing players come through our youth system into our first team, and hopefully, um, either they make long-term careers, or like somebody like Justin Glad, sure. who's been phenomenal, like key to our playoff success. Yeah. We can get into that a little bit later, but um, we our homegrown's already impacting our first team. If you look at the playoff game, sure. playoff games this past year was incredible. But we want to be able to help players be able to move forward in their pathway. And maybe it's here locally for the next, yeah. you know, their career. Maybe it's abroad. And I hope I, my experience and uh, expertise in this area will be able to help us continue to do that moving forward. Obviously,
0: the MLS rules are a constantly evolving thing. Now we've got the Monarchs moving over from USL into the new MLS Next Pro. Um, I, I think there's a couple key criticisms to let's say, the last 10 years of history with this academy. Uh, one is we let guys like Sebastian Soto, uh, Richie Ledesma, the Booth brothers, go abroad, right? And and look, I think we've all been around soccer long enough to know you got to let guys, kids, whatever, kind of choose their path. Um, the MLS rules at the time that those four individuals made those decisions, I think, were so restrictive That RSL under previous general manager Craig Weibel wasn't able to really offer them a first team deal. They were, you know, look, we could have given a 15, 16, 17 year old a a first team contract, but it would have taken away from the immediate success that first team had to be focused on at that time, right? Um, Those guys did turn down bona fide Monarchs offers. So we do retain their rights whenever they decide to come back. Soto and Ledesma have had kind of, I guess, checkered European careers so far. Uh, Taylor Booth has done pretty well, I think, at Bayern Munich and out on loan to a few different teams. And his little brother, I can't sit here and tell you what's going on with him. The other knock, uh, and look, RSL's academy universally regarded alongside probably FC Dallas and the Red Bulls as the most robust and productive academy in the MLS ecosystem. But we haven't had one of those multi-million dollar transfers uh, like Dallas seems to be doing very regularly. And and look, Dallas isn't without its criticism, right, that they're producing players and pocketing the money and not putting it in their first team, which has not, to this point, been able to really compete uh, for MLS Cup titles, which obviously is important to us. So as you kind of come into all this with all that like background and context of a changing, evolving world. Uh, what's your assessment of kind of where this group is right now and where do we want to go? And not knowing that we just have signed nine homegrown players in the last 13 months that probably aren't expected to see first team minutes in their first year, but you're investing in the future is the bottom yeah. line, right?
2: So a little background on me, um, when I first got into scouting, my main focus was sending American players to Europe. So the first player I sent over there was a, a young man by the name of Joshua Gatt. Yeah. At 19, he went to Austria, started his career at a club called Altach in the Austrian second Bundesliga at the time. Okay. And he had a great process there, but he actually exceeded expectations and moved to Molde in Norway. Yep. Next thing you know, he's playing on the U.S. men's national team. Yep. Um, the reason why I bring that up is when I first got into scouting, I was really focused on Europe. And I think that's an excellent pathway for a lot of young players. Uh, That is why I'm here. Um, I have some expertise in helping young players go through the pathway. And I think um, as, you know, fast forward 10 years, so a decade ago, Europe was really not really an option for a lot of American players. Actually, Josh Gatt was the first American player to play in a first team in Europe straight out of high school. Um, there, There haven't been those type of examples overall. And now you fast forward, you got a bunch of young players that have gotten their debuts in first teams, playing Champions League, winning Champions League, and competing on an international level. Um, we are going to, as a club here, be able to provide a pathway for young players that they are going to be able to work through our system and be able to pursue those opportunities. But we want to help um, them with that process at the right time and in the right way. Um, I've observed and had some other experiences with young players in the, over that past decade, um, players like DeAndre Yedlin, where... I took him over to Europe twice before he entered college. He went to Akron, um, and after two years at Akron, he signed a homegrown deal at Seattle Sounders. And from there, um, he was actually going to be a backup and and be kind of mentored in his first season as a rookie. The right back gets injured. He ends up debuting on opening day under Ziggy Schmidt. And he had a stellar season that year. That year, he made the All-Star Game, phenomenal rookie. Next thing you know, January camp, he gets called into the national team. That's back in 2014. Now he plays and represents our country at the World Cup. This is an 18-month process that went skyrocketed, and so he ended up getting offers from 20 plus clubs in Europe. At the end of the World Cup, Um, he he did quite well there. I think, Uh, thankfully, Jurgen Klinsmann believed in him, and he ended up being able to pursue his career in Europe. And he's been over there since with Tottenham, Sunderland, Newcastle, now Galatasaray. Um, Those processes for young players are going to look differently for each player. Right. Where I have some experience is helping mentor players through that process, is creating a relationship with a player and knowing that we have the ability and the intention to help them move forward in their career. Like you mentioned, we have a bunch of homegrown players that we've just recently signed. Some of them are going to debut for our um, first team this year. I, I fully expect that. And um, many of them are going to be able to be huge contributors over the next few years right. with our first team. Some of those players are going to get the opportunity though to pursue. European opportunities through our club. We're looking actively, I spend time actively trying to help some of our younger ones who are not yet ready for the first team yeah. but need international experience. Look at trying to get them on loan, or maybe perhaps if they want the opportunity to transfer full time, they can do that. Um, an example of somebody who's gone over to Europe, come back, and helped our team is Andrew Brody, yeah. another homegrown. Yep. So there's a process for each one of these young men. And maybe Andrew Brody continues to play here for the next ten years. Maybe Uh, decides he wants to move abroad and we help him uh, pursue that. The awesome thing about our current setup is our new ownership has international interests as well. Right. In our connection of clubs abroad, we are going to maximize promoting our kids and moving them forward and giving them the next step in their career. Talk uh, Obviously, I want to get into your background here, John, but just
0: as we think about young guys, let's say Bodie Davis, Brett Halsey, Jeff Duestem, who did really well for the Monarchs this past year, uh, Benitez, um, Haziel Orozco. How important is it in their maturation as people to maybe have those lone experiences where they're? And look, I happened to be over in Austria when Brody and Pablo Ruiz came over, and you know they were at different stages in their careers. Um, you know, they were both trying to rediscover their love of the game, maybe in different ways. I think Andrew had felt like he had kind of plateaued at the Monarchs. Pablo Ruiz just was in a bad spot, right? And they both spent six plus months over there and, and under Christian Zige at Saulfelden, and they come back here, and it's great to see that. So, how important is it to for some of these young kids, especially some of maybe our academy kids, have never left Utah? to go somewhere where they may or may not speak the language and just be immersed in a in a culture and an environment where um, maybe they don't know the language,
2: but they're training twice a day and they're just living, breathing, eating soccer all the time. Well, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to experience that firsthand. When I moved to Germany, I didn't know a lick of German. I learned everything on the soccer field, yeah. and it was self-learned. I learned about the culture and all that. I think those aspects of my personal experience impacted who I am today and where I'm going and what I'm doing I think the exact same thing is going to happen for our young players who are getting those opportunities we're going to be taking trips with our youth academy to Europe for the simple reason of immersing them and exposing them to what international soccer is all about is we're hoping that as we do that we will challenge our athletes here uh, as part of our club yeah. to go reach their full potential that's the goal out of what we're trying to do we want to help our kids reach their full potential opportunity. And the full opportunity here in Salt Lake City is hopefully they're representing our team in our first team and playing on, on Saturday and Sunday nights and really helping us uh, pursue winning an MLS Cup. It would be incredible if we had a huge contingent of young players who got experience, were able to contribute to this first team here. And I, I think I go back to Andrew Brody directly. I know that his experience in those playoff games this year, where we are we're on the road to Seattle, to Kansas City and to Portland, yeah. like in intense environments, and he was not phased. I think those European opportunities that he had in Austria has to be applauded and said that was a great game plan for young players. And I think that's a roadmap for success. And quite frankly, in, in the world of soccer, it's not just one easy step. There's gonna yeah. be ups and downs, there's gonna be peaks and valleys, and trying to have a, a club that's intentional about saying, look, Andrew Brody, you weren't getting time with the first team. You need to get some more experience. We send you to Europe. You went there and you played games. Those games translated into him being closer to being able to contribute to our first team. And lo and behold, look where he, what he did in the playoffs this last year. And that has to be applauded. That w- we have to have that part of our system. And I think that's the probably the missing piece, a little bit of it. But we also... Those life experiences for players yeah. can h- pay huge dividends. It may not always show up on the stat sheet yeah. or in the outcomes of where they're immediately at, but it absolutely impacts their development, and we want we want to be part of that. And I say that because I've witnessed it myself. I've seen players go over to Europe and help them move over. I'll give you an example. There's a young man named Henry Wingo who plays for Ferencvaros in Hungary, 1st Division, He's been playing in Champions League games the last two years. He also went through Molda. And it's somebody who he did not get a ton of minutes with an MLS, but has gone over there. Now he's experienced his career a little bit and seen what his potential is. He already has more ability to contribute when he comes back, whenever that happens, yeah. that he's going to be successful in his future. And I think there's gonna you're going to see that through Real Salt Lake. We are the pathway for kids to be able to come here, train up, develop, prepare. We're going to plan and do everything we can to help them Able to move and reach their full potential. Hopefully, with our first team, obviously that's the, yeah, our main that's goal, goal. here. Yeah. But from a global perspective, we want to have a brand that's developing. So you, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think you grew up in Southern California,
0: and you've you've been a a player at at different levels. You've coached at different levels. You've also been an agent, um, which sometimes is a good thing or a bad thing, but. The one thing that in this case it's a good thing. All right. The one thing that I've been told consistently before I ever knew you, um, and look, the first time I heard your name, I thought we were getting a a short <laughs> uh, Scottish guy that we all, those of us from the early days of MLS, may remember. But um, is that you just you were a good agent, and that you quickly developed trust amongst the parents, which is critical at this juncture um for everybody involved in in international soccer because now the way the marketplace works right parents are sending their kids off to foreign lands uh, or to live in an immersive environment at 14 15 16 years old uh you know college is a pathway for some but not for everybody and we can get into that but um i guess what is it about your path your experiences as a player coach and agent that uh, I guess, contribute to your ability to not only find guys for Arnold and the coaches in the academy level, but I imagine over the next you know couple years, there's going to be other players that you say, hey, this guy needs to come into our first team preseason camp or the Monarchs MLS Next Pro, whatever that ends up looking like. I think we're all kind of waiting to see, uh, hey, this guy might be perfect for, for this opportunity.
2: Yeah. Well, I have to say this. I feel very fortunate in my pathway in my career. Um, my parents did not play soccer, yet they were very supportive of the pursuit that I've been on. Uh, so how did one. you fall in love with the game? Fel- fell in love with the game when my dad uh, signed me up for AYSO in California, yeah. played rec soccer. I didn't play club soccer until I was 14. I grew up in a small um, area of California called the Antelope Valley and as um i progressed victorville uh palmdale lancaster yeah exactly so um there's a huge soccer complex there when i was growing up we didn't have that we had lancaster city park by the time i was a senior in high school i was driving down to simi valley four or five times a week to train i also love baseball as well absolutely love baseball but soccer was king for me because the opportunity that i had i just loved playing it so every step of the way of my career has been like a first time off yeah. for my family. Fortunately, I have a brother who's, uh, 18 months younger than me or 50, sorry, 15 months younger. Um, he, um, actually pursued soccer as well. We played college soccer together. So Where? I always had somebody to compete against. We played at UC Irvine. Okay. Nice. So I, I often eaters. Yes. And eaters all the way. I actually joke, uh, with a lot of people because, um, my brother, he has his PhD now in biomechanical engineering. Wow! And he, sorry, he, let's just put it this way: he's got the brains, <laughs> um, and he probably has the brawn as well. He was quite a good soccer player, and we just grew up pl- loving playing soccer against each other and on the same teams at times uh, growing up. And I learned a lot from my brother, but my I had a support network around me, yeah. and I've used that as a big starting point for any young soccer player. If I could give any advice to anybody, like, you need to have a support network. Because if you want to pursue a career in soccer, you have to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And having that support network around you is going to be the the core of the people are going to help give you good advice, good wisdom, good direction in your career. And I, I say my agent career, one of the main focuses I've tried to do is mentor young athletes to make good decisions. And make the right steps. I think everybody's career, I look at every individual soccer career as a stepping stone. And I I did that as myself, as a player. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it to the Champions League and represent our country in the World Cup or something. But I know that every step that I took along the way was a stepping stone to the next step. And it was a a process. And sometimes I've seen in players' career, they want to jump two or three steps and they don't take the first step right in front of them. And I've really tried to emphasize that component of every player. Having a good core support around that player, meaning your inner circle, those people can help influence the player in making the right decisions so that they are taking one step at a time. Now, go back to DeAndre Yedlin. That kid skyrocketed, but he had a huge core support behind him. And that really, I think, helps players through this process. And when I talk about my agent career, that really provides me a great experience because I understand the other side of the aisle on what players are having to deal with a, a, in their career and, and managing that all. I've been very fortunate to have some really good players that have done great in MLS. I represented the Roldon brothers and yeah. they're just good human beings, um, all three of them. And the reason why I say all three of them, their brother, Caesar is the athletic trainer at LA Galaxy. Christian and Alex, obviously, have started at Seattle Sounders. They played an all-star game this past year. It's just been a a story of a family, and they're just great people. But behind them is Caesar and Anna Yeah, family members who care about making sure their kids make the right steps. So uh, we are going to emphasize that here within our program. It, It really is trying to help make sure each individual player that comes through Real Salt Lake Academy is given the support and direction and help them. Know that it is a process because I think if players walk work their way and walk through that process yeah. appropriately, you're going to see even more talent come through that we are really excited about because players are making the right decisions and they're committed to a holistic approach to, to their development. Yeah. It's not just stepping on a soccer field every day, kicking the ball and going home, but it's diet, it's video review, it's making sure you're getting adequate sleep. I'm a big proponent of education of course. going through UC Irvine that is huge. The players I've worked with, they're doing their education in parallel of their career. And I would say probably if I gave you one tidbit here, Jurgen Klinsmann, I don't know if you'll remember this, we had coffee years ago, and it was just as I was getting out of college, he's like, John, the one thing that you did right, that you need to be thankful for, is that you got your education. So it's not one or the other. We're gonna do both and we're gonna excel in both. We're gonna help our kids be successful human beings, good human beings, but really, uh, pursuing their career at the highest level they possibly Well, it's can.
0: funny because I don't feel like that's happening in many parts of the world, but it's certainly imperative here in the United States, at least that these academy kids at least get a high school degree.
2: Well, it's interesting to so see that. I, so I had time in Germany and I remember many of my teammates, some of them were in college and going to university, some were not. And I, I spent most of my time thinking, okay, these young men who I'm playing with, if they don't make it big... They're going to be working in a factory or working some job that's going to be quite challenging for them in the future because they haven't put the emphasis on the education. And I think we are really putting a big, huge um, component to that within our academy here, which I'm really excited. So going back to this holistic approach, the mental preparation, all these things that go into what you get as an outcome, um, I'm really excited about. I kind of live by this phrase consistency plus time equals results. If you Mm -hmm. consistently prepare kids in the right way, just give it a little bit of time and you're going to see the results. It's going to be successful. Marathon,
0: not a sprint. Correct. Um, It's funny you brought up Jurgen Klinsmann because I wanted to see if you were one of the guys, I, I don't even know, 15 years ago, that might've been playing like low level open cup games Against Jurgen Klinsmann when he was using a
2: fake name. So actually, I played on that team with him. I haven't shown you the picture. I have it no. in my office. I'll okay. show you later. But basically, this is uh, one of my favorite stories. So right? Jurgen Klinsmann played for Orange County Blue Star,
0: and this was before he went to the national team as a yeah. head coach. Correct. He was just living in Cal. He married a California girl, yeah, right? Living when in he was Newport Beach. Done playing in Germany. Yeah,
2: and in uh, England. Very fortunate time for me to be able to be there because I learned a lot from him. Um, But the team was called Orange County Blue Star. Yeah. And the the family who ran the team was a Tesla family. I'll tell you a little bit about them as oh, well. Oh, they Nick be, Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, on that team, we are two strikers. We had three strikers. We had Ryan Coiner, Matt Taylor, Jurgen Klinsman. Matt Taylor. Yeah. So Matt Taylor, our assistant coach here. Yeah. And that's kind of, you, you asked me why, why we all Salt Lake. And like, when I started looking at our staff and everybody who's here, the, we have really good people in our front office yeah. and on the field. Uh, we, we're just blessed with a plethora of really good soccer mind so did
0: you ever two foot brian dunseth when he was playing for hollywood united
2: no i did not okay. actually we dominate hollywood united <laughs> they they were pretty um pedestrian in their play we ran circles around them nice but, um, love it that's a shout out to brian dunseth i'll see you soon dunny but um no jurgen Cl- jurgen was great he always taught us something He had a great mentality around the guys and he was just out there to have a a good time and enjoy but he took soccer seriously that's where i first learned and helped me prepare even my time in germany when you step across that line it's not fun and games yeah it's business and there's something like i have learned and you see it here now the culture has changed in the u.s yeah absolutely over the last 15 20 years where soccer when kids step over that line now they understand the importance of we're here for business
0: um do you remember what fake name he
2: used to play? Jay Goppingen. That's right. Yeah, his family's from you. Goppingen, in Germany. Nick Tesloff, I didn't, he was a coach of the team. So basically how that team worked, I played the 10. And so Jürgen, Matt, or Koiner were the two strikers. Okay. We played a 3-5-2. We had some great players on that team. Um, and so Nick Tesloff actually, He I would play like 60, 70 minutes. He'd come on the last 20. But he coached and ran that team. Well, Nick Tesloff is the same Nick Tesloff that went to, with Jürgen and um, over to Bayern Munich years yeah. ago. There, That's actually the reason why I came back to the US. So I got a call from Nick and said, John, we're gonna be sending some players to Europe um, and we want you to look after them in Germany. The very first one that we sent over was a young man named Bobby Wood. You yeah. know that? I do know 1860 that Munich. So kind of throw out <laughs> a little bit of history there. Um, and so I get a call from Nick again in like a month or six weeks later, Is like, John actually changed the plans I'm going with Jurgen. We're either going to one of two clubs. I'm yeah. not going to say they're club net for now, but um, he, they ended up going to Bayern Munich, and Martin Vasquez joined them. Okay. So the three of them were on staff there, and Nick's like, John, you need to come back, run this program. It was called the Super Elite Program, yeah. and uh, we ran or, I ran Orange Candy Blue Star for a few years through that. Many players went through, got drafted MLS, and we also sent uh, numerous players over to Europe during that time period. And so um, that's kind of my story with Nick. Anyways, I blame Nick Tesloff for getting me into this business of scouting, but I'm also thankful. Um, We haven't actually chatted in a little bit, but he was at Toronto FC with Greg Vanney and now at LA Galaxy. Well, and I remember Tesloff
0: because he was available for, I think, the inaugural MLS draft when I was selling tickets in Colorado back in 96. So um, fascinating stuff. We could go on all day. Last question. If I'm a parent of a 13-year-old La Roca or Rush or young kid in this region and I'm thinking about what the next best step for my path is. I guess can you kind of explain how RSL wants to work with both local Utah clubs, the Arizona affiliates, um and 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 effectively find the best pathway for a prospective player?
2: Well, on my time on the job so far, I've been able to connect with many people here in the Utah uh, area, and more specifically Salt Lake City because we're, we're geographically, geographically located. But um, I've enjoyed also talking with people down in St. George as well, um, watched a little bit of Utah ODP. Um, I'm really excited about the talent that's coming through in this region. Um, we have a a ton of great young soccer players coming through and a commitment at multiple clubs to develop players. My word of advice to every player is first of all, you need to have fun whatever regardless of the age that you're at, enjoy what you do. Enjoy training, enjoy doing the hard work, put in the hard work. I definitely believe uh, from my perspective, the players who are willing to put in the hard work, they're patient but they're determined. They're going to see the outcomes that they want to see in their soccer endeavors or career. Um, I definitely hope that I'm gonna be able to see every player here. If you're interested in our academy, we have kids come through here, playing tournaments and whatnot. I'm out watching tournaments. We have scouts here in the greater Utah area uh, and our partner clubs outside of Utah. So for example, RSL Arizona, we have a great uh, connection there with over 6,000 kids playing soccer in Arizona that are part of our RSL family we are really excited about the future of Real Salt Lake.
0: Well, John, uh, welcome. We'll get you on the pod again maybe uh, later this summer. I know you're working on some really cool stuff for either our young kids to head over uh, to Europe, maybe play against some of these teams that uh, David Blitzer is affiliated with. Obviously, at some point, we're going to have some players coming from any one of those six teams uh, over here to be part of our ecosystem. I'm really excited that we've finally got you officially announced, that we've introduced you to the fans, and, uh, and uh, the future is bright, not just for you, but for all of us because of our uh, collaboration and the vision to help grow the sport in this community, and really to help the rest of the soccer world see what we have here in Utah.
2: Trey, there is absolute excitement and energy around this club. Thank you for having me today. Look forward to the announcements of different players and opportunities in front of them. You already saw the five that we announced last week that he signed as homegrowns. Yeah, There is just an energy around our club. We are thankful that we have a great ownership in Ryan Smith and David Blitzer, and just look forward to seeing what the future holds for Real Salt Lake. Let's go win a championship in 2022. Let's do it, buddy. Thank
0: you. I know Axel Kay is the guy that everybody's excited about, and that is the pronunciation of his name, but everybody tells me Jude Wellings is a baller, and he's... Off with one of the US youth national teams right now. Haziel Orozco uh, has been, uh, Pablo himself told me that he is probably the most advanced of all the young guys. Yeah. He's He looks good on the ball. And Dunny came to training the other day and said, Haziel's got it going
2: on. You know, the exciting thing about, and then I'll leave you with this yeah. point, we have homegrown players that we've developed in every position, meaning we're not just a club that can only produce X. Right. We can produce every position. We've got multiple guys, you know, we got Jeff Dusenup. And Gavin Beavers. Yep. I'm excited about both of our goalkeepers. We've already had a choa that's come through that is sure. homegrown. Yeah. And we've got more homegrowns coming through. Yep. Yep. Um, I am absolutely excited about where our club is. We're not just we're not a goalkeeper factory. Yeah. We've got defenders in Hasiel, we've got midfielders in Jude, yep. and you mentioned Axel, but we've yep. got we we have great things moving forward this preseason. We are very fortunate that we've got in the double digit in 17, 18 young men are in preseason with our first team, they're yep. homegrown players. Yep. I don't think many clubs out there can say that they've got that going on.
0: No, and and look, I, I do think that sometimes that gets discounted because we haven't done the big, uh, you know, Brian Richards or whatever transfer over to Bayern Munich or obviously Ricardo Pepe and like that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm the kind of guy I wanted Justin Gladden, Jordan Allen to play for this club for 20 years. Yeah and that's still the American sports fan in me. I I understand how the world market works. I'm so glad that Jordan Allen's back in the mix as a Huge. coach. And, uh, again, like you said, super exciting championship or bust, but uh, a lot of good things happening along the way for a lot of guys. Um, as you mentioned, we're going to have Beavers and Dewstump. Those guys are going to play for the Monarchs. They're going to be out on loan. They're just experiencing a lot of great stuff. Um through this club and this academy. And 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 I just thank you, John, for hanging out with us and, and, and kind of opening your world to our listeners a little bit.
2: Thank you, Trey. Look forward to seeing you all in the field. Have a great day. Awesome, buddy.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, listening, subscribing, sharing. Uh, please do try to pass this around to your friends. Tell them that maybe this Version, this edition had something you needed to know uh, to be a better RSL fan, which we all aspire to every single day. Bleeding Claret and Cobalt brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Obviously, you can find us on social at Claret Cobalt on Twitter, at Claret Cobalt on Instagram, or anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. Just hit that message button and let us know what you think. 2022 shaping up to be a big year uh in uh not just utah soccer but uh Utah RSL Monarchs Academy all of MLS MLS Next Pro kicks off soon and then obviously we got a World Cup to, to worry about later in the year. So a lot to worry about, a lot to talk about, a lot to have fun with. So we appreciate you tuning in, listening, again, sharing, subscribing, and help spreading the gospel for everything. Real Salt Lake right here, bleeding Claret Cobalt, brought to you by OneWire.